Hey everyone, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast and we are on episode number 50. So I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has listened to the episodes out there, even if it's just one, it means a lot and I just want to say thank you for your support and I also want to say a big shout out to all the guests who have been on board so far. Thank you very much for making this podcast pretty easy and also all the knowledge that you have shared along the way. If you are listening to this show and you want to be a guest, then don't be shy. Send me a message and uh, we can get your story and journey on the show and uh, make the next 50 episodes just as fantastic. So episode number 50, I went all the way to Adelaide to record this session and it was uh, it was one with someone you may have seen all over LinkedIn uh, over the past year, but I went to see... John Paul Drake, who is the director of Drake's Supermarket. You might have guessed by his surname, and John Paul, uh, who is heading up the supermarket uh, chain at the moment, was created by his dad, Roger Drake. So John talks into detail about the journey there, but Drake's is the largest independently owned supermarket in Australia. Turns over a, over a billion dollars of sales and is just a growing enterprise. Uh, John Paul is not an individual who hides behind a desk, but he's more likely you can catch him in front of a camera giving his views on the Australian retail space. Or you can listen to his own podcast, which is Ducks Don't Get Cold Feet. Again, something we talk about in the podcast. Absolute pleasure hearing John's story and all the things he had to talk about in retail to date. I think I found someone who is just as passionate about retail as I am. And I hope you enjoy all the knowledge bombs, all the insights and an amazing uh, journey to date. So sit back, relax and enjoy episode number 50. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Beautiful. So here in the office of Drake's, uh, episode number 50, I cannot believe, firstly, I've hit episode 50 and more than my mum is listening, and I've managed to get JP Drake uh, in his office, and we're doing a podcast, so I'm over the moon. I could happily stop at 50, to be honest. Um. Well, let's hope 50 is the start of some big things to come. <laughs> yeah. Like, it takes a lot of work to get to 50, and you're saying this is my office, this is actually the uh, made-up studio that we've got here, so you probably yeah. can't see this, so we won't go into it, but it's yeah, got we'll some... do a selfie. Yeah. We've got some cheap... Um, sound deadening stuff going on here yeah. so echo 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 <laughs> yeah so it all works really well so it's, it's pretty cool we're really proud of it that looks cool literally cost with microphones and everything it's like nine hundred dollars for the whole 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 studio that's good that's good so probably the same cost as this mac and microphone to be honest <laughs> we're, we're done budget budget, <laughs> we're budget, yeah. budget done. <laughs> done look out jet star yeah. who did you have to kick out of this office or was so it this a... was a meeting room all right so, so everyone has di- to go downstairs now well, the digital team just thought, why don't we just take over an office and see if anyone says anything? And I might be a little bit lucky my name's on the door, so maybe that had something to do with it. But no one no one said a thing, so call it lucky. Call Fantastic. it what you want. Well, we'll talk more about your podcast and how you're the master of media and all over LinkedIn, but where did it all begin? Uh, the old man, Roger Drake, started 45 years ago, actually. 45 years ago, wow. And he was a... He was a manager in training for Woolworths, um, and if you go back before then, he had um, he had multiple newspaper rounds, 
he had multiple lawn mowing rounds. He was a glassy at the pub, uh, I think at the age of 15, when you needed to be 18 <laughs> to be in there. Yeah. He cleaned the Clovercrest swimming pool. So he did a lot, and the lucky thing for him is he left school in year nine. So those were the days back then. There's a few of them actually of his ilk that left in year nine, and they've all turned out to be extremely successful. Fantastic. I think they took out their teacher the other day. They all took their teacher Good out for a, for a lunch, yeah. and the teacher was surprised. But you know, you can see Dad's always had that goal in him. He was mm -hmm. a manager in training for Woolworths, and they called him into the office, and he had a few requests. He he wanted a wardrobe, and he wanted a heater. Well, they were they were in Mount Gambier okay. in South Australia, right, yeah. exceptionally cold place, and they basically said he's not going to make it in this industry. So he left Woolworths and he started with Coles and then not long into working with Coles and he was a gun in Coles as well. Uh, he had a lady that he used to go to a shop in Mitcham and they had a Jack and Jill. Okay. Uh, so it was a, it's a clothing store now. But they had a Jack and Jill supermarket in there and it was a three lane supermarket and he was working there so he, he got to work there and unfortunately Eleanor's husband passed away. Mm. and. She said, look, can, if I can fund you, you know, Roger didn't have any money back yeah. then, and they said, will you fund him? And so she funded him into half of the business, and then, oh, wow. and in the end, he ended up um, you know, getting the funds from her to start Torrensville Foodland back about, I think that was about 42 years ago. So, and then ever since then, it's one store at a time, or two, or multiple, <laughs> and you know, the most stores we've taken over in a period of time was seven. So Drake started off with one person, which is Roger. But now, for those of you who don't know, we, we are at National, we're in Queensland, and we're in South Australia, we employ about 6,000 people. Um, we, I think we do a bit over a billion dollars. So in the supermarket game, we're little, yep. if you compare us to the ugly sisters and uh, the German, um, our German friends, but the reality is, we're quite big in independent world, but you know, there's a long way to go. And, and, and right now, the biggest accomplishment we've had is just building our new distribution center right here in South Australia, which employs another hundred or so people. Wow. And that facility now services all of our 40 supermarkets in South Australia. And it's um, week 19, so it's like having a newborn baby. <laughs> Is it going smooth? Is it going uh, yeah, as so expected? Yeah, so week one and was fine mm. because we'd had stock already in the stores. So <laughs> week two was dead. It was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, week three and then four. And, th and then after week four, we started to get a lot better with the systems in place. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, we had orders going missing. So they would come from the stores into the system and just disappear. Just in the roof somewhere. Uh, yeah, well, not it. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, literally go into a holding <laughs> pattern and, and the... The system was doing some weird things, like it would reserve the stock because their orders were in there, but it just wouldn't let them pick, be picked. Oh. So we had products that the stores weren't getting that were sitting in the warehouse. Oh, hey, mate, we, it was, um, let's say, challenging. Yeah, okay. And now we're on week 19, and, you know, we were looking back at week four, just looking around, going to ourselves can it get worse than this and and the reality is that it's it's been a steady upward growth from week four yep. to now week Fantastic. 19 and i got a, i got a funny story about that was when we were down at the warehouse all the execs were there we were picking orders we were on the uh, domatic system there and we can tell you a lot of details about the the warehouse if you want but we're, we're sitting there and, and think we'd, we'd had a rough trot and Dad had just ordered KFC for everyone that was there. It was, it was late at night. Good bloke. Yeah, good bloke. Yeah. Dad loved, bloke. My old man loves KFC. Does he really? So 
Uh, so do I, I might add, but Dad loves KFC, so we ordered KFC. And then next minute we hear an alarm <clears throat> go off. And, you know, we're in a new warehouse. This is like 55,000 square metres under roof. This is three MCGs. And you hear an alarm go off. Go, what the hell's that? Yeah. Staff are looking around. It says exit oh, the building. <laughs> yeah, it sends exit the building. Opened up the confectionery door and there's a forklift that had taken off one of the sprinkler heads. And the water was yeah. gushing like a waterfall after a rainstorm. And it was gushing down and we're like, holy shit. Yeah. It, was, it was in the confectionery there. Their confectionery room. It's a large room, but it was pouring down like hard. And Dad runs off and he grabs a mop and bucket. <laughs> there were 10,000 10, gallons. <laughs> How big was the bucket? <laughs> and Dad grabs a mop and bucket and everyone just looked, pissed themselves laughing. I said, Dad, I don't think a mop and bucket's going to cut it here, mate. <laughs> Um, we got those squeegees in there, hardly lost any stock. And, oh, wow. you know, that was one of those moments where everyone, you could tell everyone was concerned, everyone was strung out, mm. everyone was, was super, had pushed themselves to get to the warehouse to that day. Yep. And it was like a turning point. Eating the KFC was like a, you know, it was one of those times we looked at each other and thought, you know, can it get worse? And I remember having the, the inventory guy goes, can it get worse? I go, mate. It can always get worse, but what could possibly go wrong from here? And it was, and it was a, and a building process from that. So, yeah. so for us, that was full on, and it tests the mental stability of everyone. And Dad's quite a calculated person, and in regards to talk about Drake's, he, you know, we make calculated decisions. And, you know, I've talked about my podcast, yeah. Ducks Don't Get Cold Feet, or Ducks Don't Get Cold Feet, but the reason we came up with that name is... When we make a decision and we're faced, you know, with the unknown, we're going to go ahead with it. Yeah, okay. and, and we had multiple conversations with our wholesaler at the time, saying we need more margin back into price. We need we need to be more competitive. You've got Audis come to town and mm -hmm. they're killing it, and Coles and Woolies are chasing them. We need to be competitive. I don't expect to be the cheapest in the world, but I need to have an offer that's competitive, and. It's one of those things that when we make decisions, we do them. And we've proven it over and over and yeah. over and over again. And that's what's so exciting. And that's all started from Dad. Yeah, he, he talks about it's the team with him. Yep. And our big boss, my boss, is not Dad. So, yeah. so growing up through the business, I do you want to know about what I do? Yeah, 100%. So, so you know, I've always been in retail. And back in the day then, don't forget, supermarkets weren't open Saturday and Sunday. You were a trolley boy though, weren't you? If, yes. the, if the bio was right, yeah. <laughs> so so if I'm, I'm sitting in there, I would I would be out at sporting events and Dad would go to store after store after store and I'd rock up to sporting events late because Dad wanted to do <laughs> more stores. And, you know, I'd be waiting for Dad to pick me up after events and he'd rock up like two, three hours late. Yeah. Boot you full know. of uh, uh, yeah, yeah, lines. And, you know, I guess the advantage of all of that was I got the little portable games and you know I got all yep. the cool things as a kid and you know dad left school in year nine and he had no education school smart but you know he keeps on saying um, dumb in the school smart in the bus and it's such a good saying it's because it's so right I've got plenty of mates that are smart in school and dumb on the bus yeah. and you know unfortunately the bus is pretty much what drives uh, most people's income so for me, I started just collecting trolleys. I was in stores, and then they started doing half-day Saturdays. Yeah. And slowly and surely, you know, I started collecting trolleys, and then I started doing night fuel, 
had a week off for schoolies, or we didn't call it schoolies back then, but we went to Victor Harbour and everyone got smashed and maggoted. And then, then from that, I've worked full-time every day. And this, this year is actually my 30th year uh, in full-time yeah. role. But did night feel uh, fruit and veg, uh, spent time in the meat department, spent time in the category roles. So literally worked You've seen it all. Uh, yeah. around the, the business, did, helped, did some work in Morrison's in the States for a, a few months or a month or so to learn about how other businesses yeah. do it. And this, this was going back in the 90s. And slowly worked my way around the business and then finally got to go to Queensland as the state manager. At the time, I think we had six stores and now we have 23 stores wow. in Queensland. And, you know, I've, I learned very quick in the piece that um, my strength is people. Uh, I like to talk. I love talking to customers. I love getting feedback mm -hmm. of what we're doing right and wrong. And I love technology and digital and things that are out there and markets that are out there that, let's face it, are quite cheap to be in, <laughs> but can give you such a big reward. And, you know, that's when we started the, di the digital component. Um, you know, everyone talks about social media and stuff. It's all, you know, it's all the one media outlet. So whatever has your name on it is your brand. Yeah. And for me, having our name out there, we were early adopters of the Facebook, we were early adopters of LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, we, we do see ourselves as being on the leading edge, not the bleeding edge, where I come from an old school hierarchy around me and they have some certain ways of doing business. Yeah, that would be interesting to, and it's good that you touched on it because, yeah, some businesses just want to keep a low profile even though they're a big business, but you've actually stepped over that line and gone, this, yeah. this is me well, and this is my passion, this is the the story of Drake's now, kind of. Well, I think, uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. And Dad's, no, put your head in the sand, we're a small player, yeah. let's fly under the radar. But one thing we learned that the warehouse <laughs> has definitely, you know, a $140 million project, yep. privately funded by Dad, uh, oh, and obviously the banks, yeah. thank you banks, but the, the reality was I, I don't think we could sit and hide about what we were doing. Yeah. And it I think... It was huge news when it was released. It was, yeah, I remember reading it last year. Well, and the, new, the news is big and we, we talk about ways that are changing strategy for what we talk about in our industry and anyone that knows the retail sector, specifically supermarket retailing and wholesaling, it's quite closed door. And, and I, I believe everyone's too scared to tell you what's going on because of all the, the lies that are out mm. there. And there's lots of things that we, we harp on about, about what can we do to be different than our competition. And, you know, we started with the mantra of being honest, um, open, transparent, authentic. Mm -hmm. And we need to make customer-led decisions and do it by communication. And if we can stick to those five or six points, then we're going to change the way that retailing is seen in the future. And I really believe that that's what we're currently doing. So it's a big step for us in the right, right mantra, us moving forward, is that is what we're doing. And, yeah, it's fantastic. And, yes. and you talk about keeping your head in the sand. It's like I said to Dad, I said, Dad... We've got the freaking tax department in here every second mm. year doing, you know, they're, they literally have an office here doing audits because they hate lots of cash, you know, they, yeah. they hate cash businesses. And there's nothing for us to hide. And I think we need to let people know what we're doing. I, I think we've got a fantastic product. Mm. 
Um, you know, you're only as good as your worst store and you're only as good as your last visit. Mm. So for us, we, we understand that and we are lucky enough that the, they call it the posse. Okay. The young guys and girls coming through, yep. they have different ways of doing business and we think a little bit different, but if we can get some of the new school stuff mixed with the old, I'm not saying they're old, but mixed with the traditional, yeah. it's the right combination because if you're not doing that, I think you're going to be in a lot of lot of trouble. Correct. And I think you play over so many different platforms, which we'll go into now, because literally the other day you just released your retail snippets, which are hilarious, but so good at the same time. Like literally five minutes of just informative, just bullet, snappy, what's happening in the retail space, where you don't hear much of that. You hear the edited shit that you hear on Current Affair, and <laughs> you're just straight to the point, raw, it's great, but I just want to touch on you and LinkedIn. Like yep. you, apart from, like you're posting your videos, you've got your podcast, and again, fantastic to have you on my podcast. And it's a powerful medium to to just kind of get a message across. But you've gone one step ahead of me, and I'm going to be chasing after it. But you got uh, the LinkedIn Award in 2019, <laughs> and did they come to you going congratulations, or did? Did you have to be nominated? Please tell me the process so that I can take some tips. Well, <laughs> I can tell you. So, LinkedIn. So LinkedIn. We 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 there was submit to the reason we went to that, and mm. people might want to know is there was a bit of misinformation coming out about what Drakes were doing. Yeah, oh, okay. they're building a warehouse. They've run out of money. They're not building it. You know, and this this information was coming out from various places and. We knew we didn't want to spend money for PR. We knew, everyone internally knew that wasn't the case. Yep. So we thought of what is a platform to get the word out there. And when we were looking, I'm a, I was a LinkedIn fan before mm -hmm. we started doing stuff because I could sort of see what LinkedIn was trying to do. Yeah. And it didn't, it wasn't as socially as like, you know, Facebook or yep. Instagram. And, and I thought, you know what, this is where business people are going to come to learn about industry, whether I want to learn about customer service, I want to learn about artificial intelligence or, you know, agriculture or, yeah. you know, whatever I wanted to learn about, I could find it on LinkedIn yeah. or I could find an article, I could find someone that would give me some information. So we, we sat down, a group of us, and we come up with an idea of, oh, why don't we try something? Why don't we start telling a bit of a story about retail? And, you know, that digital team has been, has had everything to do with that. Yeah, okay. Um, and albeit the digital team at the time was probably, <laughs> probably two of us, me <laughs> and V. Yeah. And, and now you got V, you got myself, you got Gemma. Yeah. And now we've got an intern editor as well that we picked up from uni. And he's a gun too. And we, we had before him, we had another guy. So, you know, we used his 80 hours free from uni because it was an internship. So we, we were doing this to try and say, hey, what is it that we can do? Okay, we can produce content. So we thought, let's go to LinkedIn. And then that, we said, all right, let's start something called the Retail Wrap. And jokingly, we thought, oh yeah, we'll do a couple of segments. We'll do it like the news, like um, you know, other things that you see. We've got a few ideas, but let's try and do it like, you know, to tell it as it is. Yeah. And for us, it was to tell us every third episode was about, every third episode was about the warehouse. Yeah, okay. So I'd yeah, be standing okay. there at the warehouse and you can go back and watch it and I go, here I am. Looks like uh, looks like we're not joking now, doesn't it? Like, you know, they're, they're digs at, at people were having a go on us. <laughs> so we went to LinkedIn 
And we started producing it and having a ball. And then people started watching it and you get a hundred views and we're like, yes, and then a thousand, 10,000. And you know, the stuff on the warehouse is 30,000 plus views. And that's unpaid. Yeah. That's um, totally organic. organic reach, totally yeah. organic. And then we, we learnt some things from, you know, Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, if anyone doesn't know him, you should. You should be following. Uh, yeah. And then we realised that it's really powerful to be able to speak to, to people commenting. And if they're making, making a comment, something's hit home. So we made a pat that we're going to comment, we're going to reply to every single person. And that was powerful because what that ended up doing was giving us our content that <laughs> we put into the yeah, retail okay. wraps. Fantastic. And we... Well, I love it too. Like, you know, sometimes I get in trouble. I might have a few drinks. It might be a Friday night or something like that. And the team would go, oh, stop commenting. Like, you know, but, you know, we're in a world that doesn't turn off. And, and I'm fine with that. I, if, I'm, if I'm at home at 11 o'clock at night and I feel like going through messages, I do. Yeah. Um, if I wake up early in the morning and I want to do that, I do. And that's the best part about the LinkedIn platform is that I think it's such a powerful platform for people to use. I think, you know, it's so underrated in, in value. Yep. They reward you for speaking, for giving content. Yep. And it's pretty much the same as like YouTube, but YouTube, you know, it's quite hard to be successful now mm -hmm. because YouTube's a totally different market, different people watching it. So with LinkedIn, we focused on the retail wraps. So we're up to retail wrap number 23. Yeah. I just love it. I um, think the funniest one is when you had your Christmas little vest on. <laughs> Okay, so, so, so all of those things, <laughs> yeah. we see things that are going on in, in retail, yeah. and it could be logistics, it could be manufacturing, it could be supply, it could, could be products, <laughs> new, new developments, and we see all these things going on, and we go, okay, we sit in a group, or we, we have a, a thread, a, a messenger thread, what about this, what about this, yeah, what, about, okay. what about this, and then, you know, the reality is the, you, you know, the other people on the team can are far better wordsmiths than me. They speak good English, as I say, and you know they come up with the, the script after we, we sit and discuss what we want to talk about, and then I try my best to sit, stick to script, and then I have my own piece. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always you getting try, in trouble. Yeah. I'm always getting in trouble by them, but we, we wanted to make sure it come across as exactly how it is, and that's authentic. It's as open as we can possibly be. We're not full stuffy where it's a production and I'm like straight to, to camera and then editing everything. Yep. It's how it comes across. We know the information, but we got to get that out to the consumer and to our other peers <laughs> because we want people to know what we're doing because we're not afraid to tell people what we're doing. And, you know, if someone copies something that we do, happy days. Yeah. Like for me, it's not about a polished product and production. And that's where the biggest thing about LinkedIn it rewards you for just having a go and doing it mm -hmm. instead of worrying about full polish production, which would cost you, like it would cost you over two and a half grand per episode yep. if you had to pay for that, not including the time you have to put in for that. So we knew we couldn't afford all that, yeah. albeit the first couple we did, we went to someone as a, and he came through at a bargain price just to do us a favour, yeah, okay, and yeah. then their editor got too busy, so we went and did it ourselves. Yep. So. So we got to LinkedIn and you're asking how we get to get a um, LinkedIn top voice, Australian top voice yeah, 2009. Get a pen and paper yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you know, no, I'm, I'm after you. Because <laughs> the funny thing was I got an inbox message saying, oh, you've been selected as a, you know, as a potential oh, nominee. You yeah. had to fill out this questionnaire. And I, I thought it was bullshit. Yeah, one, so, of the, one of those LinkedIn spammers. It's yeah. like, 
I, I sent a message to the, the team. And I, when I mean team, there's three of us, yeah. right? And, and, and you just got told and, off and by I, one of them. Yeah, yeah I know. So, so I sent a message going, guys, who's, who's, who's making this up? Like, this is funny, blah, blah, blah. Like, but I don't believe it. So I replied to the LinkedIn thing. Going, oh, yeah, okay. So, oh, let me guess. This is real, like real... I said, yeah, I've seen better things from other people, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was just talking about, I've, I've been scammed before. This is a great one. And they're like, no, no, this is actually real. Um, can you give us more details about the things you're doing? You, 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 you know, they basically said, we've been watching what you've done. Nice, and, that's good. And it looks like something that we would be interested in for, they, they I don't know if it's a, it wasn't a finalist or anything. They just said that's what it was. Yep. And we were like, Okay, let's go to the questionnaire. So we went to the questionnaire and it's asking, you know, what do you believe in? What's the best LinkedIn article you've had? Because we're always on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. And then it just, it, we thought it got sent and it didn't. Uh, and then I get another inbox going, oh, have you filled out the questionnaire? And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, is this for real? Like, yeah. I said, yeah, we've filled it out. And then in the end, they ended up finding it. But I thought, oh, that's a good sign. They've actually followed up for why we haven't done it. How cool is that? Yeah. So then nothing was said. And then we got an email. Yeah, we got an email from LinkedIn saying, congratulations, you're one of the top 10. That's um, they, they didn't. I said, oh, because was, I was number four on the list. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, so I'm fourth. And they're like, no, nah, it's, it's actually in alphabetical. It's, it, it's in no order. No, yeah. it's in alphabetical order by Cerno. And I went, oh, so I have to change my name next year. Like, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, they, they've been... J.P. Alistair. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like number one. Number yeah, yeah J.P. <laughs> um, but they, they, they've been really good. And LinkedIn, I like, they, they ask you questions. And I think they do have a lot of reporting to go. I, I think they give you some details mm. and data. Yep. But nothing, when you're doing lots of video content, so I do do a few articles, but predominantly what we do is video content. Yeah. I, I can, I think that's how we can get the message across a bit better. Yeah. And we went, on, we went and kept on doing those, and from those, were before we, we were trying to do a retail wrap every three weeks, yeah, okay. we were started off as one a month. Yeah. And then we realized there's so much content in between the month, we were missing out. On stuff, so and then it was like, old news when you yeah. Then it's yeah. old news. Yeah. So we said, why don't we try and do one out every two weeks? Much to the teams like hor- hor- horrified. They were horrified. They were like, oh god. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we started snapping those out to be real punchy in our yeah. time. And I still think they're too long, but we argue of what's right and wrong. And then the retail snap came out. Because things were happening, the milk incident, yep. the foreignly owned, the coronavirus stuff happened that we needed to be on the front foot, and we were we were waiting because we we you know to get the content together takes weeks, <laughs> and then then by the time you get your content together, you cancel this story, this story, yep. and this story, and moral of the story is we ended up we can produce and edit in a day, so we know what we're saying is quite Perfect. relevant, and that's the key to be relevant. So we wanted to talk about things that people weren't. And Fantastic. hence why we, we, we do it. We love it. We all, we all love it as much as I get in trouble for you can't say this, you can't say that. Yep. The reality is it's quite raw in what we're saying and any one of those stories we've had something to do in our career on whether it's dealing with suppliers or <laughs> dealing with manufacturers, all of those stories that, that we go to market with are all relevant for something that we do, yep. albeit a bit of a, some of a bit far-fetched.
no. some of it, you know, it's a lot of truth in behind yeah, it. So. No, I think the videos are fantastic, and it, I just listened to a book. I don't read books, I listen to books, and uh, it was called Content King, and it was basically saying likes are, are just nothing these days. It's all about comments and shares, and that's what draws people, and I see it with the material that you post. Like There is a lot of comments. The People share your videos and then talk, and it's like, that's what connects people. That's what kind of you, you've you've targeted someone. You've targeted a an organization or a, a tribe to go. You know what, guys? This is important to me, and it come and you can tell how you record and and it is edited, but yeah. how you present yourself. Like, I thought I was passionate about retail. <laughs> I thought I love supermarkets. I've just met someone that <laughs> I'm trying to be chasing. And, um, oh, that's cool because great. everyone says the same thing. Yeah. Is I, like I'm naturally quite wired, like quite, I'm an excitable person and yeah. I perform better when I'm excited. I'm not always running around A+, plus, but when I start to talk about things that we're doing and we're doing all of all of mm. this we're doing and, you know, I love it. I like the podcast. I, lo- I love talking to people and hearing, pro- you know, it's yeah. what you're doing yeah. now. You're hearing about how we got started, yeah. how Drake's got started and, you know, I've had all the tools that I've had to work hard for mm. to get. And yeah, I've had great doors open for me. Mm. That's one of the advantages of being in the Lucky Sperm Club is, <laughs> you know, you can either make it work for you or not. Yeah. And, you know, I, I believe with my boss being Bob Song, I've had to work double as hard mm-hmm. as anyone You've else. you got to prove. Um, yeah. And, you know, that meant working plenty, you know, all days in the stores and, you know, stupid hours back in the day. But, now I'm in a space where we, we can control some things with some media and some mm-hmm. other things and getting our message out about drugs, which is just p- another part of the whole jigsaw puzzle, which makes selling groceries p- the, the thing. And, you know, I'm always getting told by Bob, where's the ROI on that ROI on that? <laughs> and the best part about digital, there's a lot of ROI, yep. albeit a small number. Yep. So you talk about interaction. We, we have a between a 5 and 10% comment share interaction fantastic yeah so that's huge so when we look at that we know that's well skewed high mm-hmm. so it's important for us to keep listening to what people are saying and like you know I, I, you have people come up to me and say oh look i really like i was walking through a mall the other day mm-hmm. and this bloke goes oh you jp and i said, yeah <laughs> shit here yeah, 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 it's like, like it's no, not jp alistair it's not a cop you know for him i did an article on the milk and he goes i really you know you have made me change what milk i buy in yeah. store I, I did he didn't say whether he shopped with me yep but if i can make someone go support a local mm-hmm. and a, a person a local farmer or someone that has a local product to me that's a win and this is what people don't understand is that people are listening to this podcast, you know, whether they're on the train, yep. on a bus, yeah. Yeah, 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 in a plane, mm-hmm. you know, waking up, going to bed. Someone the other day goes, I'll put your podcast on to go to sleep. So well, that's, oh, that's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> but, but hopefully it runs to the end and my stats stay high. <laughs> yeah. but, on to the next one. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it, it's a big part of what we do and, and, when I'm not my A grade, mm-hmm. I've got the right people around me to say, nah, not, not fucking on. And, you know, that, it, that is, you know, that is my senior hierarchy that 
Bob's not afraid to tell me that, but the people close around to me, like V, she'll say, no, you can't say yeah, that. Okay. Like, I'm a bit looser with my tongue, but it's because I fucking mean it. Yeah. And I, I think because we're doing this, we, it gives us a little bit of cement to say, well, we can stand here and say it because that's what's happening. And um, the milk story, to me, the foreign investment, oh, yeah, it was always owned by the Japanese. I, I, I totally understand yeah. that comment, but everyone's worried about Chinese <laughs> because every business out of China is owned some percent by the government. And that's the part that people just don't understand. It's not the same in Japan. And whether it's a 1%, 10%, 20% ownership of the government, we should be worried. And now we've got 50% of our milk that is, being, that is foreignly owned. It's only a matter of time before we're in a situation where we can't get fresh milk. Mm. And that's devastating. For this country, one of the best countries in the world, mm. hands down. Agreed. Best produce, best wine, you know, best places to live I'm saying South Australia because it is a, a beautiful place to live. And here we are in a situation where we might not be able to get fresh milk. Mm. It's, it's frightening. And I, I, don't, I don't understand how we get in that situation. Like, I, to me, it really bothers me. And it's really bangs on about supporting a local. Yeah, which is what Drake's is like. And that's a message that I've got today from just talking to you before this podcast and going to these stores. Like, it's, it's that local feel, but... It's well, we people got are making in. decisions, that I don't, and it's one of them where it's who's making these. Why are you making these decisions? But and that's a, that's a bigger bigger topic uh, to discuss. But it's, well, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, f- for us, I mean, we, we we want people to understand that at Drake's you can get ingredients yeah. for every day, and if that means you know a locally farmed milk <laughs> or a local peanut. Or a local grape grower, the, the you know Tony, the local yeah. you know the cherry farmer. That to me is about sustainability, yeah. and to be in a world where you can start to look after your own province, province area yeah. or your own state, and then your own then you can if you can't do state then you go to looking after looking yeah. in Australia, and then if there is there's lots of products that we can't do here, the manufacturing costs or whatever, yeah. then okay you have yeah. to look overseas. But where you can, is it a big deal to pay a little bit more when we're paying people $25 an hour to work on a production line mm-hmm. when I can go to another country in the world and they're probably paid $2 yeah. an hour? Oh, that might be. No, that's probably, that's probably, that's probably right. right. Yeah. And then we sit here and have a bitch about, oh, buddy, it's 50 cents more expensive. Yeah, think about who we're supporting. And to me, that message isn't out there enough. Yeah, and, correct. And it's another big driver of what you talk about why we do stuff, mm. why we support local. We don't just say it, we, we do it. Yep. And it's one of our real strong pillars about making sure we're keeping uh, our big catchphrase is the ingredients for every day. Yeah. Whatever those ingredients are. It's about people don't come into the shop and remember buying a beautiful steak off the shelf, right? And they come in, they buy the <laughs> steak and they're spending you know, $35 on a quality steak out of the supermarket, which is as good as any mm-hmm. restaurant. And then they don't even remember that part. But if you go home and you have friends come around and you have some drinks and you're sitting at a table and you're having a great time and you're eating your food and you've had an amazing experience, that to me is what 
having and being in a place that has ingredients for every day, those experiences are about the food that you eat, the passion that you can have talking about the food because you know it's locally yeah. sourced, you know you're looking after someone else, not to mention not many things don't involve food and alcohol for good times. Correct. <laughs> so for us, we're lucky. We're at the yeah, epicenter the of it all. And, you know, I remember saying to Dad, why supermarkets, mate? What, what made you... <laughs> what made you through? And he goes, because everyone's got to eat. And at the time, you think, oh, okay, yeah, everyone's got to eat. Yeah, he's right. Everyone has to eat. And if we can provide all of those ingredients, then I think we'll be winning. <laughs> but... You know, we're going to do that fighting head to head against the biggest duopoly of supermarkets in the world. In the world, yep. Some could say very unfair, but unfortunately they control so much of the market. And then we let in a foreign investment company come in, which has really kept Coles and Woolies on their toes, mm -hmm. but has made it very difficult for everyone else. And that's okay mm -hmm. because they're very good. Audi know what they're doing, very good retailers. <laughs> and then for me, I got in a bit of trouble because Carfland are gone yep. and, and oh you can't talk about that I said you know what so many more lives are going to be happier that Carfland has decided to walk away from Australia than when they come up to set up because it only would have been more casualties for the already struggling independent sector and I'll go as far as saying for the already struggling retail sector yep. especially bricks and more <laughs> so for Audi to be here we have our foreign player Let's have a few more controls on who can come into this country to affect jobs and lives yeah. of people here. And, and I'm all for competition, so don't, don't get me wrong, but when you had, we had, I think, 26 supermarkets here in South Australia open in the last 24 months yep. with zero population growth. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist by any... Oh, I did speak to Flavia last week, but I'm not a rocket scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but you can't have that many supermarkets open with no growth mm -hmm. and expect there to be the same amount of jobs. You know, Audi has 6% employment, mm -hmm. we're 12%. So all we did was cut hours out mm -hmm. to accommodate the loss of sales that we got when Audi came to town. And as long as people understand that, I'm fine. But, you know, think where you shop. Shop with your feet. Fantastic. And just to finish up on, because we talked about food, and I know you're passionate about... Oh, a train to eat. And we just tried some jackfruit, so hopefully, uh, hopefully in the future you'll be seeing some jackfruit in your Drake stores. But where do you see the future of uh, food going? Whether it's the online space, which I know you're you're a big fan of uh, e-commerce, and how do you see the future roll out with with Amazon? Because that's another player that has come to Australia that we've not even touched on. Um, what's your so, views on that space? I have no doubt that the future is definitely going to have a digital influence. One of the biggest things that Australia is different than anywhere else in the world mm -hmm. is our size of population yep. to size of country. Yeah. And it took the fires for Americans to realise, shit, Australia's the same size of America. Yeah, it is, but we only have 26 million people here and uh, you're probably a billion. billion. Yeah. Right, so, so what our biggest problem here is the cost to get the product once it's picked to actually get it to home. So that's why our adoption, albeit Australians are very savvy, we're a very high smartphone adopter, but we're actually a very low purchaser online compared to Asia or yeah, America okay, yeah. or Europe. 
And it's fair to say that's because we still have an environment where it is quite easy to drive around, unless you're in Sydney or yep. Melbourne or any peak hour traffic, <laughs> yeah. right? But it is, it is, we can get around and you can easily get around from, from going to a store and whatnot. And, and the cost of delivery is a big cost. Yeah. Hence why, you know, Coles and, and they're throwing like free delivery because they understand if they can trap that <laughs> customer in for that, then they might keep the customer on going. I don't know too. You know, I don't know too many people making money out of groceries online mm. because the margins are so small. It's going to be very difficult to make money from groceries online, which will be very interesting to see how Cardo goes yeah. coming in and what pricing changes when they come in for their model with Coles, which I'm not sure when. I think it's this year or next year. Yeah, I don't know when that launches, but yeah, that'll be interesting. So, so for me. The, your, your, your online is going to continue to grow, and I think it's around 3 to 4%. And I believe if you go 5 to 10 years, I think that'll get to 10%. But that's a long time away. I look about what's happened since I've come back to Adelaide. I've been in Adelaide for five years. Yep. Nothing. Right? Not, not much has changed in the supermarket. We're getting some people playing around with the, the you know, you can scan your groceries, then walk out. Yeah. You know, I do that in some of the suburbs I've got in my stores in. I'd have an empty store within a few hours. So... <laughs> So for me, so for me, there's an adoption rate that yeah. comes, and then there'll be slow things that take over. And you look at Amazon, another frightening, scaring company yeah. on how they do their business model. You know, they make their money from selling software, not from running warehouses. Yeah. So they make so much money selling software that they can afford to run a warehouse making zero. It's crazy. Isn't it? We can't fathom that here in Australia because that to us is not a good business model but their business model relies on their share price. Mm. So if they have products moving through, in the end, data is the winner. And whoever controls the data yeah. is going to win the game. And that's why all these big players, you know, yeah, Apple sell phones, but Apple control data. Amazon controls data. The big players control data. And data is the scary part because <clears throat> as an independent, we're quite a low hanging fruit, but you can understand we have quite a lot of information, transactional data. So for me, the future will be more online purchasing. It'll definitely be, if you want your groceries now, you'll get it delivered within an hour. Yes. Yeah. I've got no yep. doubt about that. Agreed. That's, that's yeah. starting and it's, it's definitely going to play out in the next five years. I think our online presence will increase, but I think you'll be more specialised in things you provide online. Because I think the retailers, the good retailers, with the bricks and mortar retailers will give you a reason to come shopping in your supermarket. And if you don't do that, mm -hmm. and you can see shopping centers trying to figure yeah, out, yeah, yeah. how do I get people into our center, which everyone wins from, I think supermarkets going through that same phase. Yeah. And they're changing. Like uh, the way we have supermarkets now, it's a different sort of look for what it was 10 years ago, because we're trying to get the prepared meals. We're trying <laughs> yeah. to get come in and eat in the store. We're trying to get people to come in and, and realize that that is the, the supermarket is the place that you can do that because you want to come and see new lines. And that, that's the point online doesn't win. Yeah. Is that you don't see the new lines when you walk past up and down the aisle until someone brings out a virtual reality. Yeah. You know, but when you, when you walk up and down the aisle, you see things that you've never had before. <laughs> and when you do that, you purchase them, you try them. But online, it's a lot harder to get that awareness. Yeah, you don't get that emotional connection, do you? None, yeah, none at true. all. Yeah. So hence why, for us, our online customer is five times the basket size of our in-store. Yeah, five times wow. the So I'm sure that's the same for Coles and Woolworths, but it shows you because they've got time online, it's in their time, 
they could have their kids screaming, they go to bed, mm -hmm. and like my wife, she gets out on a laptop and starts placing an order for online, and then I can add to it when I see what's in the basket, yeah. and it's in our time. Yeah. But I love going into a supermarket, mm -hmm. and I know I'm, I, some of my mates say that you're a little bit rare, because they don't, but I know a lot of people that enjoy going into a supermarket. They want to be, you know, other slogans, surprise and delight. Mm -hmm. We want to surprise people and delight them with things that they're not going to get online. And I think we need a presence online, but I think we also need to show them this is the experience you get with Drake's and you know Omni Channel, where if you want me online, I'm there. If yep. you if you want me in store, I'm there. If you want a delivery, it's got to be delivered in the correct way that you know, your brand's proud of. And you know all these things combine into one. So if you're selling something, you better be prepared to sell it on all platforms, and anyone can buy. Because if you don't, you'll be you'll be in a lot of trouble. Fantastic. That's just some great insights, and I think a lot of people will take that because I don't think people actually understand the the setting the ways, and it's going back to the old school kind of way of doing business. Things are changing, and they're changing at such a rapid pace that people need to have this flexibility. But I think you nailed. I'm a hammer on the head there by saying about the brand like if you can maintain your brand standards across all different channels and have that experience that people are, are used to with that brand it's a, it's a powerful tool and I think it's a, it's a fantastic and it'll be an exciting space uh, to go into well it, it is it is exciting I think each platform has its own market mm. and you know Facebook you know, very cheap to advertise mm. like if you want to try something on Facebook you can pick your customer basically and you can spend a small amount of money in the scheme of things compared to the old days where you had to print stuff and things like that. Yeah, going out to the mass for that one percent. And and now Facebook, you know, we've got such a big big contingent of the people are over the age of fifty five. <laughs> Um, keeping an eye on their grandkids yeah, correct, yeah. and you know there's a big market there so yeah we do want some young blood and whatnot mm -hmm. but we can hit them on whether it's on Instagram or on TikTok or you know we're looking at those yep. things how do we how do we get into the the kids of now which are TikTok yep. how do we get into them so they they understand when they think of a supermarket they think of Drake's how do we do that and I don't think anyone's got the answer yep. but you've got to be there and usually you get rewarded for being early adopter. Yeah. And our small amount of success, we can, you know, we thank to LinkedIn because we were, we were had the courage enough to go, yeah, let's do it, and concentrate on that. And then we realised that okay, that works on that model, but the same content on LinkedIn doesn't work mm -hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. Like, who would have thought? <laughs> like it's the same. But no, they, they don't work the same. Yeah. So you need to have a different strategy for the different platforms. And to me, that is a crucial part of the information. You're always gonna have people looking at catalogs. You're always gonna have that medium, which we punch out, I don't know, a million catalogs, I think, a week. Do, you, does, do people still read them? Yeah, that's well, I speak to I speak to my catalog company, yeah. and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, there's a 70% rate, and I'm like, that's gotta be bullshit. Um, <laughs> But I, everyone I ask, no one looks at them. Like my, never, I just see them, they're, they're just a soggy mess on the, on the floor when you're walking home kind of thing going, yeah, that was a, that was a waste of money. We spend a lot of money on catalogs and I, I say to the guys, why don't we spend some of that yeah. 
on digital and then just see what customers complain about not getting a catalogue. Like, you know, just, Had to deliver one to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, one had, customer. Correct. <laughs> well, you know you can get it online. Yeah. Like, you know, it will come a stage where I'm sure that it, they're finding it hard to get people to deliver the catalogues, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're, they're finding it hard to get walkers, which is crazy because everyone's getting fitter, yet we can't find someone to deliver a catalogue. But to, to me, that, that's going to be more expensive in yep. time and maybe that value will be better put into maybe a concentrating something like a line or an you know, old yeah. EDM or something where you can get it wherever you want it. Yep. And that's the key part. It's if I want a catalogue and I want paper, cool. But if I don't, what are the other options? Yes. Okay, it can go to our website. Okay, you can go to the app. Yep. And I think if you're not thinking like that as a retailer, you're really going to be struggling you're, you're yeah. really secluding yourself from the rest of the market and you know one of the big sayings in the company is get big get small get out and when dad's had that his whole life and when you actually see what we've done every period of our life of 45 years mm-hmm. we've been in growth so if you want to get niche and get small you can have one or two supermarkets and you know I'd go to Fruville or Pasadena, like amazing stores. But the more stores you have, the harder it gets. And you know, then you you are gonna make a decision. I'm either gonna have one or two big stores like this that are amazing, and and I'd I'd have to say Pasadena's one of the most pleasurable experiences for supermarkets in Australia. I've I've heard, I've heard. Well, you've gotta gotta check it out, it's not not mine, but it's amazing. And I'm constantly going there to see what they're doing and things like that. So, but you you can't scale doing that. And um, we've always had that. And you, you can get small. Well, I think we're past that. So now we need to get big. And I think being vertically integrated and being Australia's only supermarket, <laughs> vertically supermarket um, chain in Australia, we're the only one, it, it's going to mean a lot for us moving forward because it, it's opened up all these doors already that we didn't see coming. Yep. And to us, that's the exciting part because, you know, we talk about, what's to grow for the future, I, or the team, we're responsible for 6,000 employees, mm-hmm. not to mention their ecosystem and, and their yep. families and their kids. And, you know, that, that'll be over fifty to 60,000 people we are responsible with, uh, for. Mm-hmm. And if, if we make decisions that, that put us broke or, make, or, you know, make dumb decisions, then we're putting all those people's lives at risk. And... You know, it's a big responsibility and we definitely don't take things lightly. Hence, you know, when we make decisions, we're comfortable yep. with them and I think they're quite calculated more so than risky. Yep. But it's like everything, you need a little bit of risk and reward. You, you need that, but, you know, they're quite calculated decisions and just being lucky, Dad's saved away a lot of money his whole life and that that's put us in a position that we thought would be an acquisition position, but it's to, you know, building the warehouses, you know, it, it's definitely very exciting and it's looking to be a fantastic step for our future in this country. Perfect. And just to finish, for the people who want to follow you, and I highly recommend it, even if you're not in retail, even if you just want to know how to promote a brand, like literally it's as simple as that. Well, we've got the LinkedIn profile, and I'll, we'll be sharing this podcast as usual on there. So we got so we pump LinkedIn. So I think it's under LinkedIn. It's under my name, John Paul Drake, and we also got a Drake's page that we're slowly filtering up. We've got YouTube, which is JP Drake. 
which we started to play around with some stuff. So we actually got some really cool stuff that okay. we're producing on for YouTube coming up. And I've got a JP Drake Facebook page where where we've got a pieces of Facebook, which I'm trying to get off my personal stuff. So I'm yeah, trying okay. to just do a business one. And if you want to find all of that, jpdrake.com. So that's, that's where we just dump all of our content. The podcasts with Ducks Don't Get Cold Feet. Yeah. Uh, we're up to number, I think, seven. Uh, Highly recommend. Uh, Highly, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. It's and, good. And we talk about anything <laughs> that is in someone's life. So, you know, it could be food. I had Flavia here the other day, and she's, she's a rocket scientist. So she was talking about sending shit into space, like nano satellites, and it's just absolutely amazing because the internet of the yeah. IoT, and they're claiming there'll be seventy-eight billion devices connected by the IoT. And when you hear stats like that, you realise how much of it is is from what you do yeah. in retailing. Yeah. So yeah, the ducks don't get cold feet podcasts. So you can pretty much get it on iTunes and yep. Spotify and wherever. But you know, they're, they're just the ways that we communicate to our consumer. And if anyone's got questions or they want to ask something, mm-hmm. we respond to everything. So so feel free to hit me up, especially on LinkedIn. That's probably yeah. the one I look at the most. Perfect. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love it. We love it. We Amazing. love retailing. It's what we do yeah. here. And I appreciate your time because I've found someone just as passionate about retail in that space, as which me and you touched on it before, that there's not many of us that go to the supermarkets just to walk the aisles. And... I, I got told off. I I used to stop off at coal supermarkets, Woolworth supermarkets, just to just have a little pop in. And it got to a point where I, my wife, well, a girlfriend at the time, just went, "You've got to stop doing this. It's unhealthy." And I was like, <laughs> "Is this not normal?" So I'm glad I found someone that gets it, and I look forward to chasing the 2020 most influential 2020 so that should be your goal 2020 hopefully can you share this uh, podcast everyone just get to get LinkedIn knowing but absolute incredible guest for episode number 50 (laughs) and let's let's see where the next 50 is and hopefully we have JP on again and uh, we'll be talking more about retail and uh, everything else in between so thank you very much for your time sweet thank you very much for having me (laughs)